Welcome to Season 2 of the Practicing Presence Podcast, where spiritual formation is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's going on, practitioners? What's up, friends? How we doing? We are not doing okay at the moment. Uh, It's just been a big day. It's been a heavy day. Um, So if you didn't know, if you don't follow me on Instagram... Pastor Cullen um, on Instagram. I put a lot of content out there. I couldn't sleep last night. And if you didn't know, there was a big report put out of the findings of um, an investigation in the sexual abuse uh, allegations in the Southern Baptist Convention. That report, that investigative report, is like two, almost 300 pages like 280, 288, something like that. Uh, And I couldn't sleep, so I decided to read it. Uh, I didn't get all the way through it. I still got like 40 pages left. Um, And I kept reading it this morning, and I've put a lot of Instagram content out about it. I'm going to continue to put some more Instagram content out about it. Um, And we just recorded a podcast that, well, when this one, when this podcast episode comes out, it'll have been like two weeks ago um, or a week ago. No, two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. So, um, yeah, it's been a little bit of a heavy, heavy evening, heavy day, those kinds of things. Um, but that's why we want to have this conversation right now. In our series, Discerning the Divine, we have to understand that God desires relationship with us no matter if we're in the good spots or the bad spots. And so lots of times it's pretty easy to hear the voice of God in the good times. Yep. It's a little more difficult to discern the voice of God in times of discomfort, in times of pain, in times of lament. Um, of which this is. Oh, this absolutely is. This, this absolutely is. 110% is. As a congregation who um, is Baptist affiliated, not Southern Baptist, but Baptist affiliated, um, this is absolutely a time of pain, of discomfort, of lament, of anger. Yeah, all of it. And so what do we do? How, how, do we, how do we do this? How do we discern the voice of God in, in these times? Um, Clayton, what do you think? I guess, so specifically in times of discomfort, my mind goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. Ooh. Jesus is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. God, take this cup from me. It's a very different situation. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is feeling discomfort in this mission. Mm-hmm. So even when, in this specific context, we are 
supposed to be on a mission together, that autonomous cooperation thing. But it doesn't feel like we actually are fighting the same fight. Oh, we're not. They're fighting a fight to protect themselves, and we're actually fighting a fight to accomplish the mission of Jesus. Right. But in the time of discomfort, Jesus persisted in the mission. Um, This is not a time to run away from the church, walk away from the mission, of which, not going to lie, like five minutes ago, I was thinking, wouldn't it be so much easier just to walk away from all of this and just turn a blind eye and say, you know what, I'm just not going to be affiliated with this church anymore. And it just it'd be easier just to walk away from all of it. Oh, it's always easier to just walk away. But you can't. Uh, I want to I want to push back just a little. I can't. You might not be able to. Um, I can't. I specifically want to push back on that to any women that are listening. Sure, ladies, if you are a person who has been sexually abused, assaulted, or had sexual misconduct happen to you in the church by church leaders. Uh, you will not hear any qualms from me if you feel like you need to step away. No, do yeah. This for is sure. a, this is appalling. This is a this is a period where people are experiencing lots of trauma, and if it is more painful for you to even just step foot in a church, absolutely, just don't do it. Well, and we we have multiple women in our family who have been a sexually abused. By, by pastors, church leaders. Yeah. by their pastors, multiple women in our family. Um, and so this is not religious trauma that we are absent-minded about. No. We understand the pains here. We've watched the pains here, and we support you. So I understand you can't yeah. walk away, but I absolutely want to make space for women if they feel like they need to walk away. I agree. However, if you can stay in the fight, you should. Agreed. I would. I would say that. Um, now to be fair, not once did you discern the divine in your answer. You talked about, that is how I am discerning the divine right now. And and for me in this context, based on scripture that was brought to mind. Um, okay. So that, how, how did you get there? Okay. Not where are you? No, I know. I, this is this was a spur of the moment. No, it episode. was. It absolutely was. So I'm just like this kind is, of walking this is through off the cuff, raw. You're getting. You're yeah. getting the, the there was vulnerable no bones prep to this at all. How I kind of got there was just thinking about how I typically like to initially start discerning the divine, and that typically starts in Jesus. Um, is there anywhere in Jesus that I can go to look at? There are any times in in Jesus' ministry that he was uncomfortable, that he was in pain, which was a lot that he was in pain, but specifically uncomfortable. And my mind immediately went there, and he kept going. Um, So you try to see yourself in the story of Jesus, how he responds in places that you mirror your situation. If we are meant to be little Christ's, Pursuing the divine. Should I not look at Jesus' ministry as a mirroring piece? Oh, you absolutely should. Yeah, yeah. So 
that's kind of where I typically start. Um, and in the context of discomfort, looking for times that Jesus was uncomfortable or in pain yeah. or fighting injustice. Yeah. Um, the other thing that comes to mind is Jesus in the temple flipping tables. Um, yeah. And kind of want to do that right now, but yeah, also kind of don't. You yeah, know what I mean? That's a that's an interesting story for me. So I'll be on me, the type of person I am. Um, I've said it multiple times. Um, I want to burn it to the ground. I want to burn the entire institution to the ground. Yeah. If I could, I probably would. Yeah. Um, because I absolutely think it does more harm than it does good. We should not forget. Okay. This is for free. We should not forget that this is the same institution that began because it wanted power and wealth by owning people. Yeah. When you get your foundation for the sole purpose that you want to own people as property, why would we not think that that pursuit of power and wealth will persist in the same way of silencing and oppressing people? <laughs> It's literally the foundation of the stupid denomination. Of course, it's going to be repetitive. Yeah. So the law said we can't do it to black people anymore. So now we're just going to do it to women, which we were probably already doing before. Yeah, I mean, no data on that, but I'm pretty convinced. Probably was happening. So I just, for me... I am absolutely the person that when I see injustice, like I, I'm borderline willing to give it everything I got to tear it down. I got yeah. nothing to lose, right? I'm like, golly, if if I really believe this Jesus message, then I know that God's the vindicator. Yeah. So like, what do I have to lose to go out here and try to fight against this injustice? It definitely makes me, yeah, it makes me want to go to war over it. Yeah. Not also, like in a, not like in a violent war, but also in a little bit of like adding a little bit of context here. If you have no idea what the hell we're talking about, go listen to yesterday's episode of Let's Talk, and also tune in next week on Let's Talk. You'll get a little bit more of an idea of this conversation. Two weeks ago, let's or one week ago, Let's Talk. Uh, this won't come out the same day, oh, or this okay. won't come out the same week. But yeah, yeah. it'll be it'll be the right. week. Yeah, one week before, but. For me, in these moments of pain and discomfort, disgust, yeah, maybe that's a better word. Disgust. Discer discerning the divine in times of disgust. Mm. Specifically, and more specifically, what I mean is, what do I do when I need to discern the divine when I have no faith in the institution of the divine yeah. anymore? What do I mm. do when I have no faith in the people of God anymore? Yeah. Now, I, th I haven't really had much faith in the people of God for a long time. Except a few of us. Um, the ones that are trying to fight the good fight. Yeah, the ones, the ones that I hear talk and scream from the mountaintops about injustice. Yeah, those are the only ones I really respect anymore. The, the ones that flip the bird to the institution. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, the outcasts, like. Yeah, the marginalized. Yeah. 
And that's a great way to put it. Not in a because we're not really oppressed, but we are marginalized. We are pushed to the margins. We are not mm-hmm. part of mainstream, and we they are, are trying to silence we us. We are discriminated against by our institution. We are. And so, what do you? How do you discern the divine? The divine in times of disgust. I think Clayton hit the nail on the head. Number one, we have to return to the message of Jesus. There's a lot of stuff in the Bible that I'm not real confident in. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that I don't really know what to do with. Yeah. Um, but you can be confident in the message of Jesus. And yeah. You always know what to do with the message of Jesus. Or I mean, at least I know it's a good starting place. Yeah. I don't always like the implications of it can be larger, but well, and they can also be non-explicit mm-hmm. or indirect. Yeah. So for instance, um, when Jesus says, you know, if your eye causes you to lust, gouge it out. <laughs> Great. So a little bit of a side note, a little bit of like a lighthearted thing here. Uh, I was listening to this podcast the other day that came out during the pandemic and he was telling this story about um, somebody in his church that um, made a comment that kids in the future are going to think that like your mouth and nose are like your private parts and you have to cover them up (laughs) and then related it back to the Jesus thing. If your nose causes you to sin, cut it off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought that was the funniest thing. Stupid. If your nose causes you to sin. I'm sorry. I thought that was funny. How uh, would your nose cause you to sin? Well, if if kids in the future, because oh, of mass, think that it's like private it. parts. Oh, I yeah. see it now. I see. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. Okay. That's a little funny. Yeah. That's a little funny. Uh, I needed some more context to catch the joke. Yeah. But I sorry. Get it now I get it. Okay. Um. <clears throat> Jesus always gives me a good starting place. Not that not that Jesus, the story, is the black and white explicit answer I'm looking for. No. But, and I don't always even have, I mean, I know, I don't have all the stories and parables and stuff of Jesus memorized. I mean, I'm not that hubris. Um, and so, like, lots of times I can't even recall one. And so I just start thinking about the macro things I know about the books. Okay, well, I'm not really having a Jewish question here, so maybe the Gospel of Matthew is not where I need to go. Mark, nah, I'm not really looking for that kind of answer. Oh, John, he. this is a real theological question. Maybe I need to go to the book of John or Luke. Oh, Luke's the gospel for the outcast, this the is oppressed. A, this is, yeah, an this issue is a of Luke question. Yeah, and I'll just go start reading whichever one I pick. Mm-hmm. Um, until I find a story that I think helps me discern the divine. Now, here's where we have to be careful, and here's a part of what last week's episode was on this podcast. It's not... <clears throat> The Bible's not a rule book. No. Um, And it wasn't even necessarily written to us. Definitely written for us. There's things and truths we glean from it. It's a guidebook. 
more or less. Uh, no. It's like I, a. It's a story. Yes, that I want, communicates ideas of how to. It's a story of divine wisdom that you are supposed to see yourself in sure. as a beneficiary of the message of Jesus. Fair enough. But if you read it that way, especially in this conversation, okay, I don't have faith in the people of God anymore, right? I'm sure there are a lot of people, specifically women, that feel that way. The Southern Baptist been grown up in their whole in the Southern Baptist Church their whole life. A friend of ours, I won't say his name because I didn't get permission on this, so I won't name drop him. But a, a very good friend of mine uh, grew up Southern Baptist, pretty conservative his whole life, and as long as I've known him, would say absolutely there's no way women could preach to anyone except other women. Yeah, that person would not say that now. That person would say that their only like complementarian elements of their faith is that women cannot hold the office of pastor. But this person would also say that any church has the right to call any person that they want to be pastor of said church. Mm-hmm. Kind of a loophole for this person. It is still hard for him to sit and listen to women preach. Really? Yeah, just because you change your knowledge about it doesn't mean what you've believed in your heart for your entire life goes Fair away. Enough. In the same way, I guarantee you there are women that are looking at this going, I don't know how to have faith in men of God anymore. I don't know how to have faith in the church. I don't know how to have faith in, in these people. And I wonder how much further up that chain it goes to how do I even have faith in God now that these men that were leading me in faith. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's some of it, and I'm sure that's that for some people, and that's why I gave the caveat. If you feel like you need to take a step away, you absolutely should have the ability to do that with no shame. Nobody is, let me say, nobody in these chairs is -hmm. suggesting that this is not a very, very difficult position for women to be in there is so much pain and trauma attached to this idea for so many women and i'm sure that that report is missing a lot um i'm sure there is still lots that are unreported oh and they make it very clear we didn't have space to detail everything we found yeah so this is going to be a much larger issue than roughly around, what, 1,400 pastors? Southern Baptist Convention is 14 million members strong. Yeah. And so roughly about 1,400 pastors. That we know of. That we know of. Lots of them having multiple allegations. Correct. Um, because if there's one statistically proven, there's going to be more. Yep. Um, well, and don't think that there won't be more coming out of the woodwork after this report. Oh, launched. yeah. This is going to be a... This is not going away. This is... Th- honestly, like, I don't want to go ahead and say this, but this could be like a mini wave within the Protestant tradition of Me Too. Um, well, it won't be many. 
Hmm? It won't be many. This will be bigger than the last church two movement. If it, if it goes that route, hmm. this will be bigger than the last one. Fair enough. Because they have continued. When people read that report, I don't think very many people read the report yet. Mm-mm. Doubt it. 280 pages. I don't think very many people read that report. Doubt it. You bet your ass they will before it's all over. Oh, for sure. And there will be people in rage. <clears throat> I got more and more angry the more and more I read it. Mm. Because it just got worse and worse. Yeah. And so, in answering our question, how, how do we discern the divine in times of disgust? Try to return to Jesus. Uh, I mean... Man, here's what I'm going to say. With grace. Yeah. With Ooh. grace for ourselves. With grace for the Bible. With as much grace as we can. I don't... Honestly, I, I really don't know. Um, I don't... This is not really an answer that I, like, haven't... Like, it's not really a question I have an answer for. Because um, I don't know. But here's what I do know. I do know that I believe that God is big enough to handle our laments. Mm. I think God is big enough to handle um, any of the anger that we feel we need to express. Yeah. I am very vulnerable with God in my own prayers. Um, I have no shame about it. I curse at God. I do too. I have like, I literally I am too. the most vulnerable that I am with anyone with God. Like, yeah. why the hell wouldn't you be? Come on. Yeah. If you really believe that God is God, God this is, is dumb. I mean, in my prayers, I have said the F word multiple times. <laughs> like, this isn't like a thing that I don't do. Dang. Multiple times? Oh, don't judge me. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I probably say it multiple times a day. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a kind of a regular occurrence. Oh, it's definitely a regular occurrence for me. Um, I think God's big enough to handle your anger. I think God's big enough to handle your lament. Agreed. And I think if there was one thing that I know that God would say to you when you're trying to discern the voice of the divine in times of disgust, it's that, hey, I have grace for you. I want you to have some grace for yourself. Thanks for listening to the Practicing Presence podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.